You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Luke chapter number 15, and we'll begin reading in verse number 11. I'll give you the title of the lesson here tonight, and then I'll, I'll give it a little bit of preface, a little bit of background. But the title of the lesson tonight is, I'm Back. Now, you say, well, where did you go? Well, we went on vacation for a couple days or to visit Crown College, but I, not necessarily me individually. And uh, we're going to have uh, Pastor and Brother Caleb, Brother Nathan getting back, and they're going to say, hey, I'm back. But uh, that's the title of the lesson here tonight, I'm Back. And uh, in thinking of that title, uh, I was just running through a few names or a few Bible characters uh, with my wife even this afternoon of individuals, and she was trying to guess, well, who's it going to be? What's the title or what's it going to have? And she guessed Lazarus. And I said, that'd be a good one, right? And so Lazarus comes out of the grave after being dead for four days, and he says, hey, I'm back. You know, that'd be a sight to see, right? And he's coming out, and uh, they were even saying, hey, you know what? Uh, he, not only is he dead, he stinks. And I hope it's not, not a case that when somebody says, hey, I'm back, people kind of just stand back and say, well, you also smell, amen. But you know what? You think of Lazarus coming back. I think of another one. Imagine Jonah. Imagine the guys that tossed Jonah over the side of the boat and watched that whale swallow him up. And he was there for three days and three nights. And then as that fish came by and vomited him up on that shore, I'm sure he stunk too, amen? But uh, as Jonah, as somebody sees him, and maybe the, the guys that, uh, that threw him overboard sees him, and he says, hey, guess what? I'm back. But you know what? I'd like for us to use those words, I'm back. In Luke chapter number 15 and verse number 11, the Bible says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the uh, younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. You know, that's always a, uh, a, uh, uh, a, a, an interesting moment when someone begins to tell you, give me something, right? Especially if there's a father-child relationship there and somebody comes and says, give me something because we as dads know what's going to follow that, right, generally speaking. And uh, it's not going to be what they're asking for. It's going to be what they need, amen. But uh, give me, he says, the portion of goods that follow to me, and he divided unto them his living. And verse number 13, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. These are important terms here. And they're wasted, his substance, with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in, what's the next word? Want. And I'll emphasize that word as we go along. He began to be in want. He wanted something that he didn't have. And he went and joined himself uh, to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks, that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. In verse 17, and when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, 
I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. We see a change in demeanor here. From, from going from give me and leaving to coming back and saying, hey, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll be a servant. In verse 20, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, I love this part. He was a great way off and his father saw him. He had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And I don't think it just was a coincidence. I don't believe that it happened by chance that as he's a great way off, his father just happened to be looking at that very moment to see him coming down the road. I believe that his father had been looking for him to come home for some time. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found, and they began to be merry. And then we have the elder son that, in verse 28, he was angry and would not go in. And in verse, uh, as they uh, go on in verse 31, and he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. And obviously the scripture, as he's giving this specific parable, He's not going into detailed conversations with every word that they've, that they've had, but uh, I'd like to just interject here and say, I wonder if that son was coming home, and at some point in time in the conversation, he said, hey, I'm back. Hey, I'm back home. Even though I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, I'm back, and I'm here to stay. You know what? In our lives, I believe there are some things that we need to get back to especially in light of everything that's taken place in this last year almost that we've dealt with, almost to the year or maybe a little bit shorter, a little bit afterwards, everything that's going on, I believe that it's time to get back to some things. With God's help, I'd like to preach this message on I'm back. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness to me, Lord. I thank you so much for your calling me even to preach, Lord, and I pray that you'd help me even now to have your power, Lord, to have wisdom, Help me to say the things that I should say and abstain from saying anything I ought not to say. But most of all, I pray that your name and your word would be magnified, would be glorified. For we ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. It's time to get back. It's time to get back. Well, what are you, what are you talking about specifically? I don't know what specific area in your life that God can deal with you about, but I can tell you this, that hey, for all of us, we can hone in on an area and say, hey, it's time to get back in that area. You know, it's so good to see everybody that's here tonight, but for some folks, it's time to get back to church. And, and, and if you're, I'm not at all throwing out caution. I'm not at all saying, hey, if you've got, you're immunocompromised, you've got an illness, you've got something else, then you probably need to stay back. But you know what? There are some that it's time to get back to church. Hey, there are some that have watched online services not for the mere fact of safety, but more for convenience sake. And if that's the case, then hey, it's time to get back. 
hey, you know what? For some of us, it's time to get back to watching services on a regular basis. For those that are watching online or those who are listening via the way of the radio, it's easy to uh, fall into the trap of you get, you're in a habit of going to church. You're in a habit originally of listening to the services and listening to them faithfully when they're aired. But then I dare say that that convenience then leads to, okay, well, let me just do this during that time and I'll catch it later on in the week. And let me just say this, church and the services and the preaching of God's word should not be a matter of convenience in our lives. It shouldn't be the case if we just fit it in when we feel like there's time that comes by. You know what? It's an important thing that we should get back to. Hey, for some it's time to get back to church. Hey, for some it's time to get back to consistently watching the services and not just watching them, but paying attention to what's going on. And I find that when we've not had them, that it's very distracting. And there's so much stuff that's going on and you just say, hey, I feel like, you know, pastor's talking about pizza. So guess what? Let's pop a pizza in, amen? And uh, how about some popcorn when we're listening or whatever else? And you know what? That's not how the service is. That's not how church was meant to be. But I feel like that's become the new norm in America today as a whole. And you know what? It's time to get back. Hey, for some of us, it's time to get back to the Bible and maybe we said, hey, before pre-COVID, I was in my Bible, but you know what? This wreaked havoc in my schedule, or maybe some things have come up, or maybe some health issues, or maybe some financial issues, or maybe some struggles, and that Bible has then become just convenient, and when I can get to it, I'll read it. And I would say, hey, it's time to get back to the Bible. Hey, for some of us, it's time to get back to prayer and you know what? God answers prayer, and prayer is the avenue that we have to get a hold of the throne of God, and God can give us grace, and God can give us strength, and God can give us help if we'll simply come to Him in prayer. But you know what? It's oftentimes when we're dealing with tragedy, when we're dealing with trials, the first thing that's thrown out is our prayer, is our Bible reading, is our walk with God. Hey, for some of us, it's time to get back to giving. And you know what? Uh, I'm preaching to the choir here tonight, and our folks have been so faithful with giving. And you say, well, what's going on in the finances in such dire straits that pastor said, hey, can you talk about giving and say, hey, it's time to get back to giving because I don't know what we're going to do. No, God has blessed Victory Baptist Church. And let me just say this, that God will bless if you give. But you know what? Because the, the, the habit of the plate not being passed the habit of not being in one of the services could easily lead to, hey, you know what, I missed it this month. That's okay, I'll get, I'll get to it when it's convenient. And then all of a sudden we look at the bank account and say, well, wait a second, if I do that now double, I don't know how I'm going to meet this bill. And we start to analyze and start to think, but let me just say, hey, for some of us, it's time to get back to giving. Not because the church needs it, not because whatever else, but because we need the blessings of God. We need God's power. We need God's presence. And we're not going to find it if we're not being obedient to God. Hey, for some of us, it's time to get back to our New Year's resolution. You say, well, what are you talking about that for? Because you know what? We make these resolutions in the new year. And now it's March and we failed somewhere along the line. So then we just say, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait till next year. 
to start it all over. But let me just tell you this. We don't have to wait till next year, amen. We can get back on track. We can say, hey, I'm back with my New Year's resolutions. Hey, I'm back to church. Hey, I'm back to giving. Hey, I'm back to the Bible. Hey, I'm back to prayer. Whatever area it is in your life that God can deal with you about, hey, it's time to get back. When we are away or get out of the habits of things, it's hard to get back into them. You know, I've been saying, hey, since this new year started, I'm going to begin to exercise. And you know what? Not only did I say that I'm going to exercise, I took a step of faith and bought some exercise equipment, amen? But the thing is, is that exercise equipment doesn't work itself. As a matter of fact, I've still got a weight bench in a box that's not even open that I got on a, on a sale and it's just sitting there. But you know what? It's not going to use itself. And, and I think when it's cold outside, ah, it's too cold. I'll begin it when it's a little bit warmer. And then when it's too warm, it's like, well, wait a second. It's too warm outside. I'll work out when it's a little bit, you know, cooler outside. Amen. But you know what? I use that casually. I use it as a joke. But you know what? With the things of God, it's time for us to get back. I just have three points here today about getting back, relating specifically to this uh, illustrations that Jesus gives of the parable of the lost son. The first thing that we need to do to get back is to be shaken up. Is to be shaken up. You know, there's a, 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 an individual... Uh, and his, his name is Ray. And Ray's my friend, and we've been conversing, and I told him, hey, Ray, I've got, I've got you listed as an illustration. And he said, that's okay. You can, you can use me as an illustration. He may be watching uh, here tonight. But, uh, you know, Ray came to our church just by chance. His church wasn't having a service. And he said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go over there and visit for a service. Well, Ray came and sat back about where Brother Buddy's sitting, and uh, at the invitation, God was working on his heart. I could see it. And he was a little bit nervous, but then he came forward. And then I had the opportunity to lead Ray to the Lord in my office. And you know what? Ray was excited about church. And he said, hey, this is exciting, this salvation thing. And the next thing you know, Ray gets baptized. And uh, Ray got baptized. And then you know what happened? We started the discipleship program. And Ray was growing. And Ray was, was going ahead and doing what he should be doing. And then you know what happened? COVID. And then it was, hey, just take a, few, take a few weeks off. And that few weeks became a few months, which quickly became almost a year. But you know what? Then Ray showed up about a month ago, and he said these words. He said, hey, I'm back. And I said, amen. And we rejoiced in my office. I said, man, Ray, it's so good to see you. I miss seeing you. And he says, man, there's been so much going on. He's had several family members who, uh, who have died of COVID, and it's just been a rough time. But he said, hey, I'm back. But you know what then happened after the next two weeks? He missed again. And then he came back and he said, hey, I'm back again. And I said, well, praise the Lord. Hey, you're back again, Ray. And uh, you know what? Ever since then, he's been faced with trial, been faced with difficulty, been faced with problem. But you know what? He's trying. And you know what? He may say, hey, I may falter. I may miss along the way. But you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say it again. Hey, I'm back again. Amen. Hey, I'm back again. Amen. And though I dropped out and though I missed it along the way and though I may have stumbled and failed, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to be back. But the first thing that I'm saying here tonight is to get back as we have to be shaken up. You know, I would dare say that a lot of folks who have Miss church, not COVID related. They say, hey, you know what? This is, just isn't for me. 
Or they say, hey, you know what? I'm just really not getting fed during the service, so uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to just not go to church at all. Because that's a logical response, right? I'm not getting fed at church, so I'm just not going to attend church at all. But you know what? You know what happens that I've seen in my limited experience? There's a tragedy that happens in those people's lives, in their lives, before they'll finally get back. And then when they come back, it's a time of mourning. It's a time of weeping that says, man, I miss so much. And some of them get back on. Some of them fall back off. But you know what? I would dare say that a lot of times there has to be a shakeup. And you know what I would say? Hey, before we leave, before we exit, let's have a shakeup while we're attending church, amen? Hey, let's have a shakeup when we're already reading the Bible, when we're already praying. Let's have a shakeup and have a spring revival with Mark Swanson and say, hey, I want God to do something in my life to shake me up so that I don't fall off the bandwagon and have to come back and say I'm back. Hey, let's not leave in the first place, amen? But you know what? We need to be shaken up. Hey, we need to realize that we have a need. In verse number th 13, the Bible says, And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. So all of a sudden, this individual who arguably has had everything that he wanted, has a want. He has a need. But you know what? Instead of after this verse when it says, hey, he had a want, and I don't know what that want was. It may have been food. It may have been a job. It may have been more money so that he could continue his riotous living, so that he could continue this life of, of, of living out life to the fullest, if you will. I'm not sure. But it says here, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. I'm guessing that following that passage that he's in want. So in order to feel, fill that want, he goes and makes himself, hey, I'm a citizen now. You know, there are some folks who come to church just because they say they want something. And we have that many times. They'll say, hey, I'm going to come to a church service because I have a need. And that need sometimes is a financial need. And they say, hey, can you meet my financial need? And if we're not able to meet it, then they don't come back. But you know what? Let me just dare say this, that we all have a need here tonight. And we know the one who can fulfill that need is here tonight as well. But he joins himself, a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. In verse 16, and he would have fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And watch this. And no man gave unto him. You know what's happening right now? There's a shakeup that's going on. He's realizing that, hey, you know what? My needs are not all supplied. That, hey, the people that I've turned to to fulfill this need, a citizen of that country, are not giving to me. Hey, he's got a want. Hey, he's got a need that's taking place here tonight that no man would give to him. And so there's a shakeup that's happening. What do you need tonight? What do you want tonight? If we were to say, hey, you know what? Take out a pen, a piece of paper, and write down three things that you need. Three things that you want. 
I wonder if those things would all be filled with things that don't matter at all for eternity. Let me just say this. This is what I want in my life. I want God's power. Hey, this is what I want in my life. God's presence. Hey, this is what I want in my life. God's peace. Because those things last long, uh, longer than the temporal things that happen. Now, don't get me wrong. If you said, hey, Brother Dan, what do you really want? Well, I really want a Corvette as well. Amen. A brand new Z06 Corvette. I think it would help me be uh, more efficient with my time. Amen. You know, I could get to visits faster. Amen. Uh, I think that uh, uh, people would look at it and say, hey, that's a cool car. And then would open up witnessing opportunities. Amen. I'd witness to people who uh, come and look at my Corvette. And I'd have a stack of tracks there or whatever else. But uh, the reality is that Corvette would be fun for the first you fill in the blank, amen? For me, it's till the next model comes out, amen? They just changed the headlights. I need the new model now. You know, they've got a new color available. or they, They've got this option now or whatever else. That's about how long it lasts for me, amen? But the question is, what are the needs? What are the wants that you have here tonight? And how many times do we waste what God has given to us before we begin to have a shake-up. Hey, I think of wasting our time. So many things during the week consume our time for things that don't even matter. But let me encourage you during the week to consciously take time for things that matter for eternity. Hey, you know what? Passing out Easter invitations and praying that God would use those and the back has the plan of salvation. And you know why soul winning or organized uh, blitzing and things like that are so discouraging because you don't see instant results. And that's what I want to see. But you know what? I can remember countless times going out with Brother Edmund and leading people to Christ. So it happens. But you know what? It's rare. Normally, it's planting the seed. And it's handing them and saying, hey, you know what? I'll think about that. Maybe they throw it in a drawer. But you leave there discouraged and says, hey, uh, nobody listened. Nobody was doing anything. But regardless, God has commanded us to do it. And I truly believe that there's been many visitors in this church, not as a result of you knocking on their doors individually, but as a result of you knocking on somebody else's door and being faithful to God. And you know what? God blesses that in a church. Our time. Hey, our talents. Well, sometimes I feel like we just waste our talents on things that don't matter here in this life at all. Or our treasures are, we have that are giving, our finances, oftentimes are just wasted on things that don't matter for eternity. And again, I, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir again with such faithful givers, but you know what? I think God still has something for us to do. He knew that he had something that was lacking. He thought that maybe it was a physical nourishment, but what he really needed was spiritual nourishment. Maybe the need tonight is for God to do something great in your life, to meet some great need that you have. Maybe the need tonight is for God to do something great in your family. Maybe the need tonight is for God to do something in your finances. Hey, maybe the need for tonight is for God to reveal you something, teenager, for your future. And you say, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. I don't know what college that I'm going to do. Then let me just tell you this, teenager, be faithful doing what God has already told you to do today. And he will reveal to you your future. What is your need tonight? Let me just say this. Whatever your need is, God can meet it. And if we didn't have any needs, we wouldn't need God to meet them. If we had no troubles, 
We could be able to live life all by ourselves and get through it without God. But I'm so glad that Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for thee. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So number one, I believe if we're going to get back, number one, we're going to have to be shaken up. You know, there are some individuals that are not in church tonight. And you know what it's going to take? It's going to have to take a shaking up. And something tragic is going to happen, I fear, in their lives before they finally decide, hey, you know what, I've got a need. Hey, I've got a want that's not satisfied by this world. Number one, to be shaken up. Number two, we need to wake up. Number one, to be shaken up. Number two, we need to wake up. In verse number 17, I like this verse. It says, and when he came to himself. How do you come to yourself? What was going on before he came to himself, amen? The Bible says when he came to himself, hey, when he finally realized and recognized his condition that here I am in this hog pen begging for, for food to eat and nobody's able to meet my need and he woke up and said, hey, this world is not all there is to it and it's not about riotous living and it's not about having money to just blow and I could be a servant in my father's house and do better than I'm doing right now in this hog pen. You know what, it would have been better for him never have to spend time in the hog pen to begin with. However, it took that in his life to get him to wake up. You know, I've got, I've got a, a, an illustration over there. Some of you may be familiar with this. I was a little bit offended uh, through Facebook at one point. And the reason why is it showed my specific alarm clock on there. And it says, you're old if you have one of these. And I was like, wait a second here. And I looked over at my desk and there it was. You say, how long have you had this for? This thing has lasted me. I don't know how long I've had it for. I know I've had it since high school. You know, so if you, I've had it for three or four years. You know what I mean? Um, but that thing has a purpose. And the purpose of that thing is not to get great tunes. Amen. It's got a speaker, it's got a radio on there, but I'm not sure how great the sound would be on that blast in 95.9, amen? WVFV, I'm not sure how, how that would sound, you know, with the, the audio quality and so forth. The purpose of this uh, individual thing that's setting on there is it is a what? It's a clock, so what does it do? It tells time, but it also does something else. That dreaded noise, amen? What is that noise that is annoying me most mornings, amen? And uh, you know what I like to do, though, when I hear that noise? This is what I like to do when I hear that noise. That's what I like to do when I hear that noise, is hit that snooze button, amen? But you know what I fear? That that's how many of us live our lives, myself included. Because God starts to do something. And he says, hey, I've got a plan for you. Hey, I've got a purpose for you. Hey, here's what I want you to do at Victory Baptist Church. And maybe it's in the bus ministry, or maybe it's in the soul winning ministry, or maybe it's in Bible reading, or maybe it's in prayer, and pastor preaches, and God deals with our heart. And all of a sudden we say, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm starting to be uh, shaken up. I'm starting to be shaken up. And we start to wake up. We hear that alarm of God's voice speaking to us. And we say, uh, I hate that noise. It's so annoying. We just say, you know what? Just another minute. Just another 
snooze. You know what, God? Just give me a little bit longer. And we don't consciously tell God that. Hey, God, just give me a little bit longer. But to delay is to disobey. And I fear what happens in life when we continually hit that snooze button. When we continually, God works in our heart. And he says, hey, I want you to come home. Hey, I want you to come back. Hey, I want you to get back to the place that you were at before. And that alarm is sounding off. And we just walk over and hit that snooze button once again. You know what? This prodigal son was living a life of fun. He was living a life of fantasy. He was living a life seeking fulfillment, but he wasn't able to find it. There's that alarm again. Isn't that annoying? How about we just sleep for a little bit longer? You know what? I'm just going to hit this for a little bit longer because I am enjoying this sleep. I'm enjoying my life just the way that it is. And what is going to happen if I actually wake up to that call? What's go how is that going to change? Hey, you want me to give what to the school? You want me to give what to the drop-off area? I'm looking at my finances. I don't know how that's going to work out. Just hit that snooze button. Hey, God, you want me to do what in the ministry? Hey, God, you're dealing with me about Bible reading. You're dealing with me about devotions. You're dealing with me about a certain area. And then we reach over and say, just a little bit longer, I'm going to slumber. In verse 13, it says, he took his journey into a far country. You know what I find so much in Roanoke Rapids? Well, when we moved here from California, well, first of all, almost everyone we came to said, why in the world did you, we're changing over our California license. We're changing over our California license place. They're like, why in the world did you come to Roanoke Rapids? And I'm sitting there, well, why not? You know, and somebody's asking, why in the world Roanoke Rapids? There's nothing here. There's nothing to do. And whatever else, it's like, okay, we'll go live somewhere where there's six lanes of traffic that you can't go out uh, during normal times of the day unless you want to sit in traffic for 45 minutes. And, and then you'll come back and say, hey, you know what? I enjoy it. I laugh comically sometimes when people are like the traffic in Roanoke Rapids. You know, the, the avenue is 20 miles an hour. I cannot do that. Again, it's all about where we're at. But you know what? The Bible says he took his journey into a far country. You know what he was saying as a son? You know what he was saying as a teenager? Hey, you know what? One day I'm going to grow up. It'll go for 15 minutes now, amen, or 10 minutes or 8 minutes or something. You know what he's saying, teenager? When I grow up, I'm getting out of here. You know how many times I've heard that amongst teenagers around here? When I grow up, I'm out of here. Why is that? Because they think, just like this prodigal son thought, that there was something bigger and there was something better. There was some more entertainment. There were more things to be had in life than what could be had where he was at. But let me tell you, teenager, you know what's here tonight? You know what the prodigal son had? He had safety. He had shelter. Hey, he had provision. And let me just say here tonight, you've got safety, you've got provision, you've got a church where you've got a youth pastor that loves you, that you've got church members that love you, that pray for you, that'll look after you. You say, hey, but I don't have the big accolades. Well, you know what? Drive an hour away and see them and then come an hour back, amen? But that's not what it's all about. Just saying, hey, you know what? There's something bigger and better somewhere else. You know what? We can't say, you know what? I'm back. 
Hey, I'm back. What does it take to be shaken up? Hey, what does it take to be woken up? Sleep is an interesting state. When we're asleep, we don't even know it. It's only when we wake up that we realize we had been asleep in the first place. It's true physically, but it's also true spiritually. Wonder how much or much how many of us are in here tonight, including myself, that are in a spiritual state of sleeping. Just running through the the, the daily routine. That's what it is. But you know what, Christian, it's time to do? It's time to wake up and say, hey, souls are dying. Hey, it's time to wake up and say, hey, what's important here in this life? And I'm going to start doing the things that are important. But what it takes is to be shaken up. What it takes is to wake up. How many alarms are going off in our life that we're just hitting the snooze button for? The Holy Spirit speaks over and over again. And instead of waking up, we just keep hitting that snooze button. Things are happening in our lives to get our attention and we keep hitting the snooze button. We need to wake up to the things of God. Wake up and realize that we're in a hog pen if we're not in the center of God's will. Hey, it takes a shaking up. It takes a wake up. But then lastly, you know what? We can have the knowledge to wake up. We can have the knowledge that says, hey, you know what? I have to be at work at a certain time. But I keep hitting that snooze button. And I'll turn this off so it doesn't go off again. It was very annoying. But it was for an illustration. But you know what? As I'm sitting there, it's just like, just a few more minutes. Doesn't that feel, the best sleep that I get is after that thing goes off. It's like the deepest, I, maybe you're the same way, maybe you're not. The deepest sleep, it's like I'll fall back asleep and it will feel like I slept for eight hours. And then I'll hear that alarm going off again. Oh, what time is it? You know, what's going on here? But you know what we actually have to do if we want to come back? Hey, we have to be shaken up. Hey, we have to wake up. But lastly, we actually have to get up. You know, that individual, that prodigal son, was sitting there in that hog pen. And he was looking around at his, at his guests, at his co-living co, uh, co people that are there, that are the pigs. And he's looking around. And he said, man, I am in a hog pen. And this is bad. And I've got a want, and I've got a need. And then he's got the knowledge. I could go back home and be a servant and be better than I am in the hog pen. And then you know what he could do? As that alarm is going off, snooze. I'm just going to chill here in this hog pen. He has the knowledge to get out of that hog pen. But you know what it actually takes? It says right here. It says... And when he came to himself, he said these things in verse number 18. He said, I will, what's the next word? Arise. It's not just the knowledge. It's not just getting shaken up. It's not just saying, hey, I know that souls are dying. It's not just saying, hey, I know what things are important to life. Knowledge is great. It's not just waking up to those facts. And God deals with us during a sermon and burdens our heart for things. But it's actually getting up and saying, hey, I'm going to do it now. Hey, I'm going to put that, the, that knowledge to action. No matter who's standing in the way, I'm going to stand up and get out of this hog pen. Hey, I'm going to stand for something. It's time for us to take a stand. It's time for us to arise. It's time for us to get up and get moving and do something for God. And you know how it starts? We're just getting up and taking one step. 
And there's going to be adversaries. There's going to be opposition. But we say, hey, I'm going back home because that's where I'm safe. And let me just say this. It is safer to be in the center of God's will than it is to be in a, a city that has all the wealth and all the riches and all the entertainment and everything else. It is better to be safer. You are safer in the center of God's will than anywhere else. And let me just say this. If God has given you that wake-up call, it is safer to answer that wake-up call and do what he's telling you to do than it is to hit that snooze button and say, no, I'm comfortable. Everything is going okay. There will be opposition. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 26, 14, as the door turneth upon its hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. I hope that's not us. I hope that we realize, hey, we have a need, but we're doing something about it. And then let me just say this lastly, how do we receive those who come back? So if we look around and notice somebody hasn't been in church and you know that they've got upset or whatever else, the way to receive them back is not to go to church anymore because that person's a bad person. I don't want to go to that church with bad people, right? No, you know how to receive them back? Hey, welcome back. I was going to say give them a hug, but COVID's going on, so we don't do that yet, amen? But hey, it's so good to see you. Hey, what do we do, though, for those that aren't back yet? Text them, send them an email, write them a card and say, hey, I, I'm praying for you. And not, 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 uh, not uh, telling them, hey, you know what, you need to be back in church and not condemning. But just say, hey, honestly, let's pray for them. Let's say, hey, I'm praying that God does a work in your life. Hey, it's time to wake up. It's time to get back to what God has for us to do. Is, uh, and how do we do that? We be, we're shaken up. Hey, we wake up, but then we need to get up. And why do we do that? Why do we say, hey, I'm back? Why do we do that? Because you know what? One day, the trumpet is going to sound. And then you know what we're going to hear from the heavens? I'm back. Not he's not really going to say I'm back. <laughs> but you get where I'm going. Amen? He's going to be back. And you know what? When that happens, guess what? It's over. It's too late. Those friends, those loved ones, those acquaintances, our bank accounts, everything we have in the garage, everything we have in the house, every material possession, guess what it means at that point? Nothing. Let me just say this. Hey, you know what? We need to come back because he is coming back. Our life is but a vapor. It appeareth for a short time and then passeth away. But you know what? God has you where you're at for such a time as this. And if you're living, if you're breathing here today, would you raise your hand? That's most of us, amen? That means that God has a plan for your life. He has something that he wants you to accomplish. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.